Hello, everyone, Hello. and welcome back to Curio City. It's the both of us. It's the two of us. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how the song goes. Just the two of us. <laughs> the I don't know what I was. Of us. I don't know what I was mixing the in there. The duality but. <laughs> of us. <laughs> hey, curious cuties! Welcome to Curio City. Today, we're taking a stroll down the street of relationships. I'm your host, Lauren Deleary, and today's reoccurring guest is our favorite passenger princess, the man behind the curtain, the prince charming in knight in shining armor of Curio City. That's right, I'm talking about Adam fucking Frost. Today's juicy episode is formed around your questions on relationships, and we don't hold back. Here are some things we discuss. Tips for the first year of marriage, advice for moving in together, how to meet each other halfway, and ways to handle long distance. We also answer personal questions like, did we have to overcome latent sexual shame from evangelical upbringings? Who started deconstructing first, and how did the other one respond? And does Adam ever wish he had a crazy season before getting married? It's juicy, it's fun, it's hot, just like you. Let's dive in. Today's episode is all about relationship and relationship advice and our tips. Maybe, I mean, a bit of our story if some like people, a lot of people probably don't even know how Mm -hmm. we met. So we can kind of like give a a very shortened version of our story. Okay. Um, And then we'll get into it. Basically, here's a short version. Oh, I'm ready for it. Give me the elevator pitch. Okay. Mm. You got this. I believe in you. We met in 2015. I was in a band. We needed a we needed a drummer. He became our drummer. Adam was he's an amazing amazing drummer. Oh. And um very long story short, I fell in love with my drummer. That's a, that's the story. Wow. <laughs> I feel like they didn't even get the story. That was so short. Make it a little longer. <laughs> You're like, look, I got to skip the whole story if I'm going to make this story short. <laughs> make it a little longer. Um I was actually in a relationship with somebody else. Uh, and got engaged to that person. I ended up calling off that engagement and the whole relationship. Um, I think that's the most important piece of the story, though, that people need to know, is that you were engaged and and in a long-term relationship for most of the time that we actually got to know each other before we knew we were going to be married. Yeah. And so we had absolutely no ulterior motives. I was employed by her, and so for me, I was like, keep it business professional. She was in a relationship with somebody else. She and I are not each other's type. Or at least weren't each other's type. And we... and we. Be- you say that I'm your type. Are you going back on your word? No, no, no. I'm saying what time. we... At the time. and Got what it. we told each other, Got too. It. Kind yeah. of what we told each other our types were. Adam also didn't know what he liked anyway. <laughs> we'll get to that later on in the question <laughs> and answer. Uh, and so we just... We were able to be completely honest, just friends. And we were able to live life in a way that was so parallel to one another because we were on the road constantly. And so mm-hmm. we just had a really different, very like... He was younger than me too. Like he was single and I, yeah, I was in a serious relationship. It yeah. just was not, we did not build our friendship or relationship off of like any type of like ulterior motive. Yeah, no. It was just like, if you've ever been on tour or if you, it's like camp, it's like you just get to know the people really well, really fast. Mm-hmm. And whenever there was no ulterior motive, we just like, and we'll kind of get into this um, based off of the different questions we have, but we got to know each other's like, um, not just quirks, but also routines. Our routines, our patterns, our rhythms, like Like in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. like literally we knew that stuff about each other from being on tour as bandmates before we were ever 
in a relationship at all. Um, and I think anyway, that that's a, again, we'll go into that yeah. um, later on. And I also wanted to let you know that we are answering your questions today. We We're are. not just going to be rambling mm -hmm. on, telling our story or giving just like random advice, although we will do that as well. Yeah. We are actually answering your questions. So thank you for sending them in on our um, Instagram, which is CuriosityPod, and then also on my uh, personal, which is Lauren Deliri. I We got a bunch of uh, responses on both accounts. We so. got so many and so many good questions. Like So many great questions. I feel so confident we can answer these. Yeah. I don't know if people already knew who we were and just trying to like pitch us softballs. Mm. Nah. But I'm here for it. Nah. We're ready to answer your questions. Um, And I will say that Adam and I's relationship, it is really special. Yeah, it's pretty great. And I think a lot of it did have to do with the way that we met, built our friendship, built our relationship. Mm -hmm. Also... I'm just going to make Adam really uncomfortable real quick, but like, <laughs> but Adam's also really special. And I think, I mean, I'm special too, but like Adam's truly a gem of a man. Like he's just different. And so that does make a difference, but I do believe there are other Adams out there. So if you're looking for an Adam, <laughs> they do exist. Okay. But it, it's, it, you're rare. And I think Aww. that, should not go without being said or should like we should glean over um, mm. because, yeah, I think I think it's a very important part or aspect of our relationship is how yeah. different of a man you are compared to a lot of society or the ones that we see the most. It's so funny you say that because even just you starting that way, it's like just the other day when I when I sent you that post that I saw on Instagram that was just like. Every man, the, the 10 things that a man desires to hear in his life, like be more of a vocal partner to mm -hmm. your man, X, Y, Z, you know, list of 10 things. And honestly, like you are, you are such a special partner too, in the way that I, I mean, I just always feel so incredibly supported and seen and appreciated by you that it's like, it's impossible to not want to just absolutely like do everything I possibly can spend all my time making sure I'm being intentional with you. Well, that's, I think that is, goes back to the like phrase, they're the saying like iron sharpens iron kind yeah. of thing. Like when you both got a good thing going on, you just keep it going. Like yeah. you just keep wanting to pour into the other person to be the best version of themselves because the best version of the, of your partner is going to be the best version of them as a partner. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important so if we haven't like gushed you out already and you're like got completely disgusted um buckle up <laughs> um can't wait to to dive more in are you a woo-woo girly are you looking for a new connective way to practice your spirituality and feel checked in and aligned well my personal tarot reader Allie cunningham who runs tarot's arrow is expanding her business and while she is totally donation-based, shout out accessibility, she also offers a really unique tarot experience where things can get juicier and a little deeper in a membership option. So for once, twice, or thrice a month, you can join and have regular meetings, bonus points for if it's on a new or full moon, to peek into the energy that you're carrying. It's a really great way to get a third-party objective perspective on what shows up, helps build confidence in your own practice if that's something you do, and builds a really beautiful and supportive friendship. 
So for once a month meetings, it's $22.22 a month. For twice, it's $33.33. And for three times and unlimited text access for quick pools to check in, it is $44.44 a month. My code gets you 50% off your first month using CurioCity50. Check her out on Instagram at tarosarrow or on her website at tarosarrow.com. Code CurioCity50 for 50% off your first month. All right. Do you have any tips for the first year of marriage? Well, I feel like honestly, for the first year of marriage, I feel like we didn't really get a standard first year of marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I kind of have to, I have to take what we had in our first year of dating when we were on the road together after, because I mean, the thing is, is like from literally day one that we started dating, we knew we were going to get married. And so we even said when we got married, we didn't feel any different. Yeah. Um, so we kind of had, we had a little bit of an edge there just because we had already known each other so intimately in a platonic way. Because uh, of being in a band. Because of being in a band, being working together. Tour. We were able to take instruction from one another. We were able to work together in a collaborative He's way. He's a drummer. I was the bassist. Yeah. I was also the lead of the... We actually like, became friends when I started listening to you play bass because I, I never know. had before. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Uh, so anyhow, we had we had a very like specific way that we met. So I'm going to go off of our first year of dating. Uh, okay. And for me, I think the most important piece of being married in the first year is not trying to set the baseline for your expectations of your marriage off of the first year of being together. Because a lot of people are like, well, we got to start with this foundation of this is what we do. This is how we act with one another. These are the things that I'm going to start building my, my basis of expectation on. And I think it was so important for both of us to just see each other and the evolution of who we became for you as you became more independent because we had our relationship. Mm. And for me, as I became somebody who was willing to, to be in partnership with somebody since I hadn't done that before, Yeah, because you taught me a lot. Like you taught me everything about being a partner. Mm-hmm. I mean like, Oh yeah. So that being said, if you don't know this, Adam, I had never, I had never dated or done anything before our, before our relationship, because yeah. I am honestly, if it wasn't Lauren, I don't, I don't think I would be married. I, I don't really have any interest in relationships, friendships, anything like that. Like I love intimate interactions with people. I love having people that I can like, that I can be with on occasion. But at the end of the day, Adam's a Sagittarius and he would up and leave anything yeah. and everything. Yeah. And I've always said that. And that was, I know that was one thing that really scared you at the first, um, within the first year of us being together is that I'm like, I just kind of disappear once I'm done with things in general and with relationships like friendships and things that I've had in the past. Um, and so you taught me, I got that good, good. He ain't ever leaving. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not worried. Uh, but, but also, but also accepted who, like who you are too. And it's just like that trust of just being like, yeah, I know this is, I know this is going to sound geeky to everybody that, that isn't into all of the things that I'm into, but I, just kind of recently realized that the way that for me, I watch a lot of animes that are about life and like, you know, relationships and whatever, just like slice of life and the relationships that they portray in those shows. I've always really enjoyed those shows because I can relate so deeply with it. And I feel like I get to experience different facets of our relationship from a third person perspective. Mm. I get to be like, Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. That feels so much like what we do. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think that's the case for most people. And I don't think that's the case for most relationships. I think that's an ideal for people where they're like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? Even in just like a standard rom-com, they're like, oh, the relationship, that's exactly how I wish it could be. And that's why so many guys are afraid of romantic novels and rom-com movies. They're afraid of, of the accountability. Yeah. Almost. Of, of the, there being an example set for what partners can be. <laughs> Didn't you say that her, I read somewhere, I learned somehow that that's like why a lot of men don't like going on couples dates. Yeah. I've heard that recently. I mean, I don't know that to necessarily be because they don't want true. to be compared or like compared to another like part another boyfriend they don't or want husband their partner or, to see the pieces of a relationship that they may be jealous for in yeah. somebody else's relationship. And that's like why a lot of you hear, you hear of a lot of guys like put kind of like not wanting to do like double yeah. dates. That's, yeah. that's what they're called. Not couple dates, mm-hmm. du- double dates. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think there's an intimidation factor when, uh, when guys hang out with other guys and I, and I don't think it's always competitive. I think a lot of the time it's because they're trying to maintain homeostasis Mm -hmm. for their current relationship status. Yeah. And that's not to downplay that there are a lot of good men in relationships and that they really try what they perceive to be their best, but also through the course of our relationship and being able to learn what a relationship is and see how much better our relationship is than most that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I have learned to reset my bar for what I'm capable of bringing mm. to a relationship as I progress in it. Mm. Just like I do for work, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I think you get better at one skill and yeah, one thing at a time you become better and better. Then that thing becomes, that thing becomes Ritual. passive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and then rather than just letting a relationship fall into passivity, it's about taking on the next, the next step thing. and take on the next thing and keep being intentional. Well, that's like, um, like weights, right? Like what is it called? Mm-hmm. Progressive overload. Yep. Yeah. I mean, with anything, if you're wanting to actually get better, Mm -hmm. that's what you got to do. You have to, or else you're going to fall into a state that's just going to be maintenance and that maintenance relationships aren't to me. Maintenance is, is where things go to die. I'm going to think bettering yourself. Like I think there Mm -hmm. are ways that I know that if I'm bettering myself, like I said in the beginning, then I'm going to be bettering myself as a partner as well. Yeah. So I guess that's my, uh, to sum up kind of my advice for the first year of marriage is don't, don't start establishing baseline that will become the thing that you just intend to maintain for the remainder of the relationship and holding people to those expectations. Keep leveling up, follow the trajectory, fall in love with growth, date and marry multiple people in your partner. Agreed. Um, when I think about the first year of our marriage, you know, it, luckily we get to think of years mm-hmm. as our, as a year, mm-hmm. right? So we got married January 6th. So each year we're married, it's like that entire year before was, you know, from start to finish was our, another year of being married. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You like we get saying? to have a new year's reflection basically on oh. our year of marriage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so when I think about that first year, well, first of all, there was just so much change. Mm-hmm. Not only did we get like, you know, we got married and I think this happens a lot for other people, but like the, the ground settles a little bit, like after mm-hmm. a wedding, like things kind of like 
fall into place and fall out of place um, that first year of marriage, whether it's people, whether it's relationships, whether it's careers, whether community. it's yeah. community, like things kind of fall in and out quite drastically, I'll say. And so I think just having a baseline, like great friendship relationship with your partner, like first year of marriage is going to be really important. I mean, it should be there before you get married anyway, Mm. but you know, if, if that hasn't been like stated, if you don't know that, then now, you know, but I think especially in the beginning, like you're figuring things out and you're also like probably joining identities or losing identities, taking on Mm. other ones, like not just like, a legal name if you do that, but also just in the eye of the public. And that's an identity shift. And now you are a married person. And there's just so many things that you're like losing and taking on that first year that can be a lot. And you'll probably have a lot to process over the next few years. So I think being Mm -hmm. really aware that things will change um, in ways that just go beyond like, oh, you're just two people that got, got married, but like the dust settles after, um, a wedding and just remember that that's just how it naturally goes and how it happens. And that like, that's, that's the natural wave of things. Like don't fight it. Don't like, it's going to happen. Um, and then having like the good friendship relationship. Um, a practical tip is if you haven't already, like, we got married and we we had all new bills and all new things, mm-hmm. phone bills and um, like rent, which we hadn't ha- had to pay together ever. Um, there's like practical tips like that. Luckily, we knew each other's like, like I mentioned because of tour, like bathroom <laughs> routine yeah we always liked it we used to always say that we would literally pick pimples in the mirror with each other yeah and we did and um yeah so it's we weren't shocked by like routines and habits which was good um i do think she already uh, knew that i looked like a freak when i brushed my teeth yeah (laughs) i did honestly and um i think being able to do that too if you're able to like Honestly, if you're able to move in together before you get married, I actually really Please recommend do. that. Mm-hmm. Um, not only did we have tour, which was like like being like living together plus, um, there's like a living together together extreme version. Mm-hmm. But then also we did end up living in a band house together when we were not on tour, um, eventually, and that's when we were dating. And again, we went grocery shopping together. Mm-hmm. Just started routines and making dinner and I don't know I think that's really helpful so I I really recommend moving in together before you get married yeah um if that's possible at all that would be like probably my biggest tip um Mm. and make sure you're friends (laughs) I mean I say that and I laugh but like literally I called off my previous relationship engagement wedding because you were four years in and we were not friends. Only then did you realize that you weren't actually friends. Yeah. Only yeah. when I became friends with Adam and other people that I had been on tour with, like not just Adam, but like literally other people. Yeah. Just I wasn't like, the first like person. Friends. No, you weren't. I just made friends, like mm-hmm. good friends. And I was like, Oh, I don't have this with X. I love the point that you made about, um, how, when you get married, you kind of can lose and gain new identities. Because I think that's important. Like that was, I think, very foundational for the both of us that even in our vows 
in my vows, and I think that you felt the same way, was that like we weren't each other's half. We were another whole. We mm-hmm. got to join forces. We got to double mm-hmm. our ability to be good in the world and to deliver mm-hmm. goodness to each other. And that is such an important piece of it that like, it's okay. Like it's good to adopt pieces of who your partner would like you to be. It's good to take on their patterns and rhythms and like even pieces of their identity. Like it's good to try those things on and if they fit amazing. But when people break up, the first thing that they do is they get to be their best selves again. And I don't think that that's necessarily just because they're trying to be the most eligible bachelor or bachelorette. I think honestly they miss being themselves. And if you don't go into the beginning of your relationship intentionally becoming selfless or intentionally becoming, you know, just whatever your partner wants to be, I think you get to maintain your identity in a way that you can continue into your relationship and you can feel the ability and the autonomy to continue to grow who you are and continue to be on the trajectory of a person that your partner fell in love with because they're not looking for you to be stagnant once yeah. you, once you get there. Yeah. They're not trying to lock it in. And if they are, then that's not a good relationship to start with anyway. Yeah. Then you got to rethink things anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think last thing I'll say on that is if you are feeling like super in love, <laughs> great. Amazing. Um, <laughs> d- like don't, don't try to squash that for any reason. Like, yeah. Don't let people convince you the honeymoon phase ends. No, don't. Yeah, don't let. Don't be convinced of that. But also, like, like, live up. Like, live into those moments where you you like look at each other and you're just like, wow, can you believe we're married? Or mm. wow, can you believe how ha- like lucky we are? Like, don't don't like those. Po- those are very important moments mm-hmm. because I feel like the less that you you consider them important the less they will show up. Hmm. And I think that's like on energy, like that's on energetics. Like the more attention you give something, the more it shows up. And I think noticing and appreciating the moments when you're just like googly eyed or just really content even, or excited with each other. Like do, do not brush that away like Mm. don't shove that under the rug or whatever like take it take that moment and like relish in it because you you're gonna want more of those like you don't want those to stop showing up for Mm. you and I think that's something we did I mean we do all the time but we did I think I mean every day I felt like when the first year we were married we were just like so happy to be married and by the way the first year of marriage not because of our marriage, but like I said, the dust settles in your life, like career, people, other things like shit happens. The first year of marriage, maybe not for everybody, but I think for a lot of people, shit happens. And like, it's not, it's not the other person. It's not getting married that did it. It's literally just life. It just happens that way. And like, it's not, it's not like a, it's not like a cakewalk, right? It's not like the easiest year. First year years were not easy for us, but our relationship was amazing. Yeah. And so like keep like hold on to those moments that where it's like y'all mm-hmm. are so into each other and like so good. If you if you're of an appropriate age and you're in love, like run off. Mm-hmm. Like run off together. Like yeah. I mean, maybe that's controversial to say, but like just do it. 
Do did you have to meet each other halfway when you first got married? This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I think in some ways. Which one? Literal, Honestly, because, emotional? yeah, I mean, there, there, so there was just so much change that had to happen. There was so much change and our lives were completely rocked. And I think that in a way we didn't have to meet each other halfway, but we both had to sacrifice for the sake of life uh-huh. in a lot of ways. Like I was still on the road when we were engaged. And I mean, this even goes back to that and just being engaged, not even necessarily being married, but like we were engaged for five months. We were engaged. You had to pick up a job while I was on the road constantly. Yeah. Like there, I, I, I don't know that it was necessarily, that's why I'm like, I'm having a hard time with maybe saying that it was meeting each other halfway. I think we both had to make incredible sacrifices for the sake of our relationship as things began to make sure that we gave ourselves the best opportunity to succeed to say our relationship literally rocked the boat. I think, I think that would be pretty accurate. And I think when the boat's rocking, you don't get to just balance in the middle and hope everything goes all right. Sometimes one person's got to steer and one person's got to run from this side of the boat to balance it that way. And then somebody has got to run to this side of the boat to balance it back. And then it gets to a point where you can finally settle into like, Okay, we've rocked the boat. Our world has exploded. And I walked dogs. Sorry, I just remember that. And you that. walked and, <laughs> remember yes, and I had watched that. dogs. Yeah, I like took care of them. Yeah. Yeah, so Sorry, it's ran- like random. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think there was a lot of there were a lot of intense sacrifices that we had to make, but it never felt like it never felt like for me that we were establishing long-term commitments to meeting each other halfway because to me meeting each other halfway sounds like we meet here and then we like move well that's the thing like relationships aren't 50 50 like you just like give your best each day and sometimes you got 80 to give and sometimes the other person has 20 and then that's great or sometimes 50 50 but sometimes it's like both 100 percent, and it's amazing but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's both 30 percent, and that that's when you have to remember that, Hey, there are days when we're a hundred percent and each a hundred percent, there are like weeks where we're exactly split a 50, 50. And like, it's just remembering that things come in seasons, even in a matter of like days, weeks, or even months, mm. even a year. <laughs> be, that's very applicable to what I just said, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like yeah. it's not, it's not always, um, halfway 50, 50 mm. where we're just going to like, meet each other, be like, well, you do this half and I do this half. It's just not always like that. Sometimes it's, it's one person takes over while the other one figures something out. It's yeah. just how it is. And I think just constantly being aware of I was at 20% when you're seeing right. your partner at 20%. Yeah. And, and not, yeah, people who, ugh, this bothers me actually. And I see this in relationships a lot. People who like pretend that they're giving a hundred percent like they know damn well that they only have 20 percent to give right now because mm-hmm. of st- stress work family sickness whatever and but they like in their heads they're like telling themselves that they're like they are giving a hundred percent of the 20 percent they have to well, give exactly yes yeah uh, but in a but they think that in the relationship they're still like 
giving a hundred percent. I'm like, no, like be honest about where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing is like honesty about energy levels, emotional, like where you're mm-hmm. at emotionally and what you can handle. Like the amount of times that like Adam and I have, have been able to communicate through words or just like through mm-hmm. other ways where we're just like, I'm stressed or I'm overstimulated or my brain's thinking about too many things or I've been standing for way too long. Like it's, it's being able to see you like know yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and know where your limits are on any given day. Yeah. And then if you're so self-aware and communicative, like you're going to learn your partner's going to learn that about you. And you're also going to learn that about your partner. And it's going to be a lot easier to be able to show up whether it's 50, 50, or some other number. And and I think sometimes if you are in if you're in the heat of the moment and you feel the the need to 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 speak your truth, yeah. that sometimes it can be more damaging than it can be good because your subjective truth may change by the time you're actually ready to have the conversation about the thing that you're feeling. Well gosh, I mean listening to what you just said too, it's like how some things we're not even addressing cuz we're just like some people we just assume people know, but I guess Let's just cover the bases. Um, if you are trying to address somebody in like an emotion that you have, you don't say you did this to me yeah. or like you made me this or just like swinging saying like you did something. Approach it with being like, hey, I felt kind of shut down when I was telling you about the story from work today and mm-hmm. you picked up your phone or like mm-hmm. you quickly changed the subject or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, in, instead the, the negative, the other side of that where some people do, which is wrong <laughs> is you never listen to me when I'm telling a story. Mm, right. Or always and never, always and never. Don't, don't use always and never. Mm-hmm. And then also just like, even if you said, you don't listen to me or you, you Mm -hmm. stop like being able to start the confrontation of being like, Hey, I felt like Mm -hmm. you weren't whatever I think is a good start. If you're new, newer to addressing emotions and big emotions in a relationship at this point in our relationship, I don't feel like I need to always be like, I felt like this always happened Mm -hmm. because, but I do approach things because sometimes it wasn't just like, I felt like you stopped listening. Sometimes it's just point like, blank. You, you fucking did. stopped listening. <laughs> like you just did. Like that's yeah. just the facts of yeah. life. Well, and, and that comes with trust with your partner. Exactly. You got to build that. What's the word? Rapport? The rapport. Rapport. Mm-hmm. You got to build up that rapport. You got to build up that trust of being like, you're emotionally safe to talk yes. about my emotions. I know my with. partner's not attacking me. And sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes like, don't take it so fucking serious. Yeah. Like just, it's, just be like, Hey, hello, like earth, whatever, <laughs> like, listen, you know, you don't got to be so like serious. You ain't got to be so moody. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that serious. I think people just want to fight. Yep. And that's mm-hmm. the case. Just say you want to have sex. Okay. <laughs> just like get it over with. <laughs> There's no need to fight. Bang it out. Just bang it out. Yeah. Are we, you ready for the next? We asked ourselves a question. Yes. Okay. Advice for moving in together. So I don't even know if we have good advice for that. I think... I think remember that like people don't, they weren't raised in the same family as you. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are, are going to ha- like Adam, 
Actually, Adam did have to learn some some hygiene skills. Yeah, I did. He, I was a survivalist. He was a survivalist for, for sure. sure. Yeah. He didn't have any type of night routine. N- literally, literally none. Like I'd fall wore asleep his in my clothes, jeans. Uh-huh. His jeans and would fall asleep just going to bed. Like he would just yeah. fall asleep. There was no brushing his teeth, washing his face, changing his clothes. I mean, I mean, I think you did take out your contacts some of sometimes, the time. Sometimes I forgot though. And sometimes you didn't. That's what I mean. Like you literally would just go to bed and I'm like, that's I brushed my actually teeth in the insane morning. to me. Yeah. <laughs> but now he does it both. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so We're growing as knows. people here. But like that was wild to me. And I think he yeah. actually like you started learning on the road to do. Well, yeah, things. of course. Yeah. I was like standing next to you and I'm like, well, she's popping her pimples. <laughs> I, I'm popping mine. I could wash my face, I guess. That's what she's doing. Okay. Maybe I'll brush my teeth. Eh, maybe not. See, but that's the thing, too. Like, I pro- I was an influence. We were influencing Adam without, like, trying to get him to do anything. Except for the fact that we're like, that's disgusting. Brush your fucking teeth. <laughs> you know? You're like, we like, don't want you to smell bad in the van. But, it, yeah. Anyway, but Adam is, like, a good, like, you just take. Yeah. You you took a lot with our oh, yeah. band. So yeah, it, was, it was fun. Um, it was fun. So when you first move in together, just remember that like, yeah, it's, you didn't grow up the same mm-hmm. and some things are worth like talking through and figuring out what you like. I think figuring out a new way, if you just can't agree mm. with like growing up, I always had the trash can here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Growing up, I always had the trash can here, like close, like under the sink or somewhere else, whatever. Pick something where completely new. Like, if you're really just going to keep fighting about it, literally put it in the freaking refrigerator. You know? Like, <laughs> that's disgusting. Don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. But Maybe I just, the garage. But, like, if you really can't figure it out and you're just going to fight, 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 first of all, that's yeah. kind of pathetic. Like, one person just got, like, okay, well, if we get to pick your trash can spot, then, like, can I choose where mm. we put our t- toothbrushes? Okay, fine. Hopefully not next to the trash can. So, so there's, there's this, yeah, hopefully <laughs> not. So there's compromise. But also, if you can't figure it out, like, just pick a new spot and just yeah. start new traditions. Like, you're a new couple. Like, you're a new family. Like, start new family things. I think people are so tied to the way, like, things always were. Like, mm. okay, but how old are you? 18, 20, 25, 30? Are you 40? Like, okay, you got a lot more life to live. Make new traditions. Honestly, the, even something you said today is a sentiment that you've kind of said forever. And that is the things that we're doing right now, we are building the practices, the food, the like, the, the, the blankets we, we have, the snacks, the music we listen to, what's going to be on the TV. We're building that for our kids right now. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. What, what we do in our relationship will be comfort it will be home for our family and for our kids it'll be what we want to return back to like if you can build that from a place of like togetherness rather than building it from a place of like this is how we did it and this is how i'm going to do it because this is what's nostalgic for me right like lean into future nostalgia yeah get get over your like your nostalgia like you have so much more life yeah to build up nostalgia for like so many other years well and that's one thing that we had like crazy during our first year was like, we would have moments where we were just future nostalgia, yeah. future nostalgia. Like we, uh, there are moments now when I'm just like, we're in the humdrum of like going to work, coming home, making food, watching a show, sleeping. We're like, I feel like we created these memories when we were first 
married and first dating where we, uh, we were literally cry- crying over like our kids not even understanding how in love we are <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's true. Like those are the moments that I'm like, we're almost there. We are so close to that. And I know that it's even going to be from like the beginning of them that we're going to be able to start tapping into those things where it's like with our kids and with ourselves, like I'm and almost 30 just, now, you're 30 now. Like, and yeah, and it's not even, let's not even just like kids though, either. Like for me, it's like, we're going to be 60 years old and doing the traditions that we're making up now. Yeah. Like we're going to be, it's not just somebody else that they're going to have nostalgia about stuff. Like mm-hmm. that is amazing and magical to think about. But I, but I get nostalgia, I get future nostalgia about like our traditions mm-hmm. that like you and I are like, we go grocery shopping together and we're going to be doing, we're going to be the old couple who do that together. And like the way we decorate the tree together and like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, yes, there's going to maybe be other little beings doing that with us, but that's only for like X amount of years. Yeah. Like we got each other for like ever, ever. Yeah. And so I think that is like the, the most fun part to like even dream about Yeah. knowing that that's just going to be, like we're going to be like 80 yeah. one day. Like you <laughs> crazy in the first year when you're first moving in, that really means you're in the first year of your marriage. So it's kind of the same sentiment, but like, I promise you are going to be in a deeper, more intimate relationship with your partner. The space is going to define how you move. Like the space is going to define how you relate to one another. When your partner's not there, if you're frustrated about where the garbage is at, and you're allowing that to dictate how you exist in your own space. Those are the things you're going to see when your partner's not around. And that's going to fuel the way that you interact with your partner when they are back. And like, it's just like build it out of joy and build it out of a place of like, whatever, like give, let something that would really frustrate you. Like tell your partner, like, this is actually something I really feel strongly about, but I actually want to, I want to let you do this. Like this is, I want you to be able to pick the silver where we use. I want you to pick the glasses we use, even though I have this really, I have a particularity about it. Let it be something that when you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, I really love Lauren like that. Like this reminds me of a moment that I got to just make Lauren happy. Mm. And if you can do those kind of things in the way that you move, yeah, that just make Lauren happy. Is just <laughs> that's just gonna. It's just going to be inanimate objects that actually make you happy. Make they make you happy. It, they are going to be things they that build what it. your life is. Yes, um, it does. And also, I think when you're first moving in together, it's you don't have to change your partner. So in the same in the same in the same way, or right. I guess in the opposite way, like you also both get to still be individuals. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Don't try to meld each other. Like figure out a way that your, look, your you life can get together two different can be a scrapbook. You don't got to get the same one. Yeah. If it's really that important, you got to eat. It's fine. Get two different paper towels. Mm-hmm. One for him, one for you. Toilet papers. Just, it, just carry your roll with you. <laughs> Lock and load, baby. Get two, <laughs> yeah, toilet paper stands. I don't care. Like, there's no way there's you no, have to do it. No, there's no rule. So just do you. Just do chaos. Being an adult is a permission to do whatever you want in the most mundane ways. Like, actually, just do it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next question. I'm ready. Do you guys have to overcome latent sexual shame from 
evangelical upbringings. I wish we had more shame in our relationship what now. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you saying? I'm just kidding. No, honestly, though, like, the, the thing that we have talked about in post-marriage sex is that it's not, it's not a sin anymore, which makes it lose a little bit of the edge. It's, like, not dangerous anymore. It's, like, we're not listening to Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman, and... Slow grinding on slow, each other. Slow grinding on each other, being like, oh, I wish we could be having sex right now, but we can't because it's a sin. Okay, that's so kind of hot if you're, sometimes. If you're new, Adam and I did wait to have intercourse. We did, yeah. We did other stuff, though. And the other stuff was hot as hell. Because, again, we had that pressure of, of the no-no. Yeah. You know, of the being like, oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> like doing things together and then, like, kind of feeling bad was, like, sexy. Yeah. You know? So okay, that's what, I'm what about it though? Like, okay, well, that's what I, I, don't, I don't really, what else like, do we say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you say. You want more. I shame. was like, I want more shame now, actually, <laughs> which is why we leave the windows open. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for real, yeah, though, literally, sometimes there's just got to be a little bit of, there's got to be a little bit of risk to it. Yes. A risk or like hurry up. Like people are coming over in five minutes. Like that stuff is yes. hot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Having some sort of pressure because like, if you feel like you got all the time in the world, nobody's ever going to interrupt. No, nothing. It's like, I don't know. Sometimes like, it's just, it's a little vanilla. <laughs> like you gotta yeah. like put on a timer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're gonna actually, do a countdown. No, but the pressure of like people are coming over yeah, is, is pretty fun. Yeah, they're, um, they're, they're, the, so anyway, it's a joke. But like, no, I don't have sexual shame to try to overcome. No, me neither. Uh, because we did wait, one, maybe. But also, we both are like, mm, we kind of wish we had started before. The yeah. So I will say, for years, years, I did in the not shame, but more the purity culture, like messaging that I kept dealing with post getting married even was feeling like if things ever weren't good or if Adam was ever mad, I don't know, grumpy, not mad, you're not like mad, but grumpy (laughs) that I was given the message that like, I just needed to like give it up Mm. and make everything better again. Like guys only want sex, sleep and food, (laughs) which we're all Tauruses. I mean, who doesn't want sex, sleep, and food, though? But anyway, but I was taught that, like, it was my responsibility to fix your emotions yeah. for my benefit, yeah. but, like, with my body. Well, yeah, not even for your benefit, but for the stability of the relationship. Right. Like, because I wanted him to be in a happier mood, so I would be in a happier mood. So, like, if I wanted to be in a happier mood because he was in a happier mood. You had to be the one to do something about it. I had to it. give it up. Right. And that's awful. Yeah, and that's still something that like it does creep up every once in a while. But I'd say it's mostly gone. Now it's more now it's more so just like the normal, I would say the normal amount being like we're we're animals. L- like let's have sex because like that would probably make us feel better. Yeah. More. Yeah. It's not like oh he needs it. It's like oh like it's like we should probably do this. We should probably time. have sex. Like it's good for your health. <laughs> it's good for your cholesterol or something. I mean, no, it's just like <laughs> I don't know. And it's fun. So yeah. we should do it. Um anyway. So I think that's the only thing. Yeah. But no, no shame. Mm-mm. No shame. We have no shame. No shame. Okay, moving on. Thanks for the question. 
Who started deconstructing first and how did the other one respond? If you are interested in our deconstruct <clears throat> journey, you can listen to epi- or seasons one through eight <laughs> or nine. Yeah. Uh, um, basically the first 50, I would say the first 50 episodes of this podcast, you can hear us deconstructing our faith and hear that story a lot. But to answer your question point blank, I first deconstructed. Mm-hmm. How did you respond? Um, yeah, so she deconstructed her faith first. Uh, and it was, it was interesting because I didn't know how to respond to it initially. Um, and I think that I, I jokingly say that she went away to do her research and presented me with a thesis, which is kind of what happened. I think that you do, I think you do a lot of your, you do a lot of your change and a lot of your, um, self-development in private in places where you're, which you would have, you would have been fine with me joining you. I'm sure had I, had I shown some interest in trying to learn it with you, but I don't like people who know me or people who I know, I don't like their opinions weighing in whenever I'm trying to formulate an opinion, formulate an opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not that, yeah, I, I, I definitely would not have, enjoyed my experience if you went through it exactly the same time. Cause yeah. I think I like the, de- like the devil's advocate in like either one of us would have come out and I think mm-hmm. that would have been awkward. Yeah. Like to, even to, even to try to help each other figure things out. I think it would have been a little like, it, yeah. at least for me, it would have like stunted my growth because I would have been like, well, okay, you can't move too fast for me and oh, I don't want to move too fast for yeah. you. It's like, yeah. Anyway, so yes, I did listen to like podcasts. I did a lot of research mm-hmm. for about six months without him even really knowing um, until I I basically just told you everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so. Lauren went through that process kind of by herself and presented it to me. I think though that the that a piece of me that was already kind of a piece of me was already prepared for that to happen because I had been in a place of always kind of questioning my faith. I had always, even from like a young age, been in college Bible studies, really trying to like dive into what I believed about the Bible, what uh, challenging a lot of the things that seemed problematic to me. Um, like even your mom and I had debates and, and conversations on the road while we were touring as a Christian band about so many different things. And, and granted, we were both fighting for Christianity at the time. Like we were both fighting for our version of what we thought Christianity was and could be. Um, so then when Lauren came to me with, with her, her beliefs and her deconstruction and like kind of showed me the roadmap through what it was that she was going through, the beliefs that she was finding, the ideologies that were making sense to her, it was still difficult to hear, like for sure. It was, it was, I mean, there was a lot of language that you were using that was still uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to listen and I was able to absorb it. And then obviously Lauren moves at her own pace and also leaves so much room for other people to like have their own, their own growth, their own journey too. So it's not like there was no expectation for me to move at any certain pace. And so I kind of was able to sit with it. I was able to just be, I didn't want you to move at a quick pace. 
because it, it would have put a lot of pressure on me to yeah. make sure like you were okay. Like and that you were making this decision yourself. Like I didn't want to feel like I was pressuring you or pulling you or anything like that. Like I, it's part of the reason why I didn't discuss it with you whenever mm -hmm. I was going through it. I was like, I just wanted to let you know where I was at, what I was thinking and like, yeah, no pressure for you to go through that. Also, it helped ground me. Like I didn't want you moving forward with me yet because I needed, mm -hmm. like I was pretty much uprooting my entire like life and com community and everything. I needed him to be understanding and supportive. And I also kind of needed him to like be who he was and who I had known him to be for a second. So I felt like I wasn't just completely like he, he, he kind of remained a little bit the same for mm -hmm. a second while I imploded everything, <laughs> you know? And yeah. then I'm going to say as the dust settled again, but as like, I was like, okay, I exploded everything. I was like, okay, now he's like st starting to take his steps toward like deconstruction and like, you know, picking up the little pieces, pieces of ash that have mm -hmm. fallen and, you know, learning what makes sense for him. And like, yeah, I, so I, I think you were, you were very supportive. You were a little shocked, mm -hmm. but I was the one who had the more black and white, like mindset to begin with. Yeah. And so, yeah, you were already more like open-handed with your opinions. So I think if the roles were reversed, it would have been very weird. And mm -hmm. yeah. But even before we got married, which I would say was before we quote unquote deconstructed, our entire relationship was kind of built off of us and specifically me publicly like making a mistake, right? Mm. Like calling off my wedding and like yeah. calling off that relationship. So our entire relationship was a little like, um, risque, I guess. Like we sure. didn't tell anybody we were dating for like months, mm -hmm. you know, cause it was like, so such a fast turnaround. And so I think that already shook me out of like the conservative Christian path I was on because like that was the first time that I, I got a different message from a, like a higher power being, you know, which I've spoken about a lot. I used to speak about a lot, but I remember being so happy in love with Adam in a time when I had just broken <laughs> off an entire wedding and it was like the hardest thing I ever had to do in my entire life and, you know, lost a lot of money and like there's just a bunch of stuff that went into it that could have been like such a hard season, but I was so happy and so in love. Mm. Like at the same time, like with Adam, like right around that time that I remember saying if being this happy is wrong, I'm happy being wrong. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I like kind of said that or vocalized that I heard this voice say, who do you think I am? Of mm. course I want you to be happy. Mm. And that ch changed the trajectory of my life because from a really, 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 really young age, I remember wanting devotionals, that were about joy mm -hmm. and about happiness because I really wanted to be happy. 
and really wanted like the right kind of happiness. And I felt like I could never understand what the right kind of happiness was. And then when I experienced that love happiness that I had with Adam, I was like, this is the most pinnacle I have ever felt happy. Like this is the most happy feelings I've ever had in my entire life. So this has got to be the good stuff. Right. (laughs) Um, and having craved happiness and the blessed happiness, like the permitted happiness by a higher power. I had craved that my whole life and feeling like I heard a voice from who I credited to like God at the time say, who do you think I am? Of course I want you to be happy. Literally changed my life. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh my God, I got it. I got the blessing. Like, this is it. Like, this is amazing. And also like, who do you think I am? Of course, I want you to be happy. I've been, I was looking for that my entire life. Yeah. And so although that, there are other things years after that, that like would be what I would like other people would consider the quote unquote, the beginning of my deconstruction. I would really say that was the beginning of my deconstruction because it was the first thing that deconstructed my image of God, which then everything else like came after that. But like, who do you think I am? Deconstruction 101. Literally, this is like the starting line. Yeah. I think too that like, so when we first started our relationship, obviously we were both Christian. You were spending a lot of time, you were constantly eager for us to get into reading the Bible together and get into the research of theology. Yeah. And that just never worked for us. It was constantly start and stop, wasn't really interested. And the moment that you were able to come to a place where you were allowing yourself to disavow what Christianity was to you, you finally had that spark back of research. And like, if you know Lauren, everything is research. Research is her happy place. Yep. And so like, for to see her return back to a place of like, she's been doing research in silence for three months without me even present. I'm her favorite person. I know that our conversations are like some of her favorite place to, to be and to be a sounding wall for her research. This has got to be something really good because now it's finally like public just between the two of us and her excitement and her like fervor for research and for finding out new things about herself and new things about like, I mean, the foundation of her identity was just, it was just absolutely burning. And so for me, for her to, to, to shake up our relationship, something that she, that she valued so deeply to position something to, to put us in a position of potential issue over this research and over this excitement and over this like identity deconstruction, I like clearly it meant so much to her. And so it was really exciting for me once I was able to get past the like initial like shell shock of it and the relanguaging of things. That was, that was the biggest thing we talked about at first Mm -hmm. was I need to learn. I need to relanguage things. This is still going to be uncomfortable for me until I understand what you're saying. I need to know what your words mean. Well, yeah. Words are a prison. Yeah. Words are a blessing. (laughs) I love words, Mm. but also they can be a prison. Yeah. And, and honestly, like I still pictured them as that because because I mean, when your theology is based around a written scripture, words are all you have. Mm-hmm. And so the experience was supposed to be out the door. And now I'm yeah. being told words are a joke. Experience is the only thing that matters. And like to be able to move forward with that was really exciting once I got past the hurdle of the language of it all. Uh, and so like 
to me, I was, I was ready for, to actually, deconstructing my faith, it gave me the opportunity to actually put some uh, action to my beliefs because my belief was always kind of a lack of uh, structure. And so yeah. once, once we were moving together in a place of deconstructing our faith, I felt like I had a structure. I had something tangible. Yeah. I, I had intrigue. I had interest. I had, I was able to finally use my experience. I was finally able to like lean into my own understanding. Like that was, that was incredible for me. Um, and so like, she has always been such a, such a, a responsible leader in our relationship that like I knew I knew that she was delivering me something that was going to be liberative. I just didn't know how incredibly massive the shift was going to be once we started stepping into that space. No, we, we and, couldn't have really known. No, but it's definitive of, of who we are in relation to one another, I think, more than it is in relation to spirituality. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wow, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. Answering that question, I like that though. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Something I don't talk about ever because I really don't have any the right words for it, but I do want to say I had like a three day like awakening. Mm. Um, that obviously Adam was around for. Do you remember when I you you? I feel like you hardly remember, but I, I had like three days where like I was buzzing, like I was like I had. Basically, I had, I had uncovered the answers to all my questions. And I don't know. It's just something that people talk about, like, with, like, doing, like, mm. major, like, drugs and stuff where they, like, are, like, like, basically hallucinating. They feel like they have the answers from God. Like, I think I had, like, a, like, a psychedelic, I had, like, a psychedelic experience yeah. that lasted, like, three days without anything which is sick. You had the natural DMT release. Literally I did. Like it was like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Like I said, I don't really have the words for it. I wish I had written it down. I even thought of it while I was going through it to write it down, but like I couldn't even like, I wasn't, I wasn't functioning. Like how do you write things down when you're like, no, you were, you were functioning very specifically. (laughs) You had your, you had one thing on your mind that was absolutely maxed out a hundred percent of your capability. It was amazing. It was so amazing. So like, it is possible for people like whenever you like research and like looking for answers, like your entire life and you finally like get them and like, <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was such a cool note. season. Yeah. I, I've really, I've really loved because I think that's been definitive for who you have been for the rest of ever. And I think it will continue to be. Yeah. Yeah. Love, I love discovering shit. <laughs> um, okay. How would you handle, okay, we're almost done by the way. How would you handle <laughs> long distance marriage? Two to four weeks at a time. Well, I mean, we already did it. I mean, not marriage, no, but we, we were engaged. It was different. We were, so we were separate for our entire engagement. Um, five months of an engagement. Yeah. I was on the road. It was summer. It was time for me to do church camps he was in doing, Texas. Yeah, he was touring, and I was working at a fucking grocery store. Yeah, um, planning our wedding. Yeah, literally <laughs> planning my second wedding. Yeah, um, but, but at least you were a professional at that point. I was, which is why I was only five months. Um, and 
I mean, what, like, what, what advice, like, how, how would you handle it? Well, you learn to communicate. Honestly, this is, this is the one time that I think, uh, that I think treat others the way you want to be treated is very, very applicable. I know most of the time it's not. Yeah. Well, maybe it wasn't for me because honestly, I'd rather nobody text me ever except, except for, for you, except for you. And that's what I'm saying is it's the one time that I'm like, <laughs> you know what, what, what I want. And in the moments that I was sitting out and I didn't have a reception, I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted you to text me and say good morning. I knew that I wanted you to call me at night. I knew that mm-hmm. like I wanted you to stop on your lunch break at work and like it made me feel good. Yeah. And so like for me and in our relationship, like it was because if you know me, I am literally no joke. The worst. No, you're the second worst. <laughs> the worst digital communicator. Second worst, <laughs> second worst digital communicator. <laughs> That you will ever meet. I'm terrible at it. I won't text. I won't call. I won't post on Facebook. I won't post on Instagram. I won't do anything. Two of I'm the a- closest people in my life. Yeah. The, of the closest people. My actual- Maybe you're a really good communicator out of pure obligation. No, no, no. I actually <laughs> think it's out of a trauma response. <laughs> um, not even... I mean, I'm kind of... I'm mostly kidding, but I feel like slightly I have an over-communicative... Um, Trauma response. That is amazing. And also something I'm sure we need to work through. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I'm kind of working through it You're like, already. Actually, I'm really good at communicating, so whatever. Like, I don't know. It's everybody else's problem, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, everybody else sucks. Yeah, yeah. So I'm terrible at that. And it was very much a trying thing for us. I, I think it was just very important to be intentional with the with the way that you communicate. Because it's. I don't think it's about the volume of communication. I think it was about the intentionality Agreed. behind the moments that we actually did communicate. Because if I was calling you all day long and I was just like kind of talking to the people I was touring with or like not kind really having a conversation or if I was like not really talking about the things I was doing. Yeah. I think that would have been annoying on okay. all sides. On the, but like, I actually feel like the opposite in a way. Oh, interesting. I like that. So we actually talked a lot when you were doing other shit. Like I would hear you having you were conversations like in my with life. other people, but I was like, I was like around the house doing, I wasn't just sitting like waiting to talk to you. I, yeah. We were both like, I think it's kind of fun whenever you're both just like living your own life. Like I was like making food, mm. getting ready for work, whatever, whatever. I was getting ready for bed, whatever the case is. And I knew he couldn't talk all the time to just me. Like he was around other people. And if I wanted to be in his head, like mm-hmm. to be around to talk to him whenever I could, like chances are it's like high, like the, it's a better probability if I just stay on the phone with him. And so we would do that at times. Yeah. And so I got to hear things that like people would say to you and like, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. So like, yeah, you're right. That is wall. really sweet. And we used to do that. But then here's, here's, the, okay. Here's the actual thing that is a tip. So, in the beginning of that stage, Adam, if he was busy, he'd see me calling and he wouldn't answer because he's like, oh, I'm busy mm. doing merch. I'm busy talking to this person. I'm busy eating. I'm busy doing this. I'm busy whatever. And so we did have to work through because it would it would really like hurt me because I wouldn't I don't remember even why how I would know. But I would just like know that like you I know you're seeing my my call or whatever. Mm. I want you to just answer and be like, Hey, I'm about to do sound check. Yeah. Like how, like you good? Yeah, Yeah, I'm good. Like what if I wasn't good? And I think that's like why I like Mm. wanted you to answer because I just like, I wanted that check in of like hearing your voice and be like, okay, you would be like, Hey, about to do sound check. You okay? Be like, yeah, totally good. 
was just, I, I could just tell you like, I'm just calling because blah, blah, blah. Or I'm like, hey, I just really know, need to know really quick. I'm about to leave the house. Where are whatever. Yeah. And then, then my problem is like solved and I don't have to yeah. be like mad. And you feel that, prioritized. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if you talk for literally mm-hmm. 15 seconds, I just like get an answer. That's it. Or I know you're alive because I also have intrusive thoughts. And that's a yeah. real thing. I mean, in fair, I'm touring. Adam still isn't the best at that. He will be hanging out with people, and he we randomly ev- hardly ever hang out with people without each other. But you're still terrible at keeping your phone out or like on a sound when I call you because I do have intrusive thoughts of him being like dead on the side of the road. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it, terrible. Yeah. So. I, I get nervous when you don't answer. So yeah. all I want, you could be in the deepest conversation and you just got to answer me. <laughs> well, not the first time, but if you do notice, I call you yeah, three yeah. times. Three times is the magic number. You have to answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fair. I get that. And that's me being a little crazy. I understand. Oh, it's so not Everybody's crazy. got their own little things, but I actually have like truly like this intrusive thought where I, I can't, like I can't do anything and, and like, then once you have it then you're like no he needs to pick up i'll the phone start <laughs> i mean i'll like literally start bawling yeah. like it's not yeah. good yeah i mean i'm glad you care about me so that's a good thing i just don't want to be left alone you know <laughs> he said no i i need things taken care of anyway so that's just like a tip another thing maybe uh, do you have any other tips for like being married and being away from each other yeah fall asleep on facetime oh yeah AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, they're not charging you for minutes anymore. They're not charging you for the internet, really. So true. Just like... Just do it. Yeah, fall fall asleep on FaceTime. Yeah. It's so sweet. You literally talk to each other. It's like pillow talk. Send nudes. Show things. Yeah, yeah, I heard you talking about this on the radio recently. Girls send nudes. Boys worship them. Text back your adoration. Yeah. Like sext. (laughs) Like, we'll send the nudes. You sexed back. Yeah. Any other um, tips for the distance? I think that about sums it up. FaceTime, nudes, answer the call. Sext. Sext. I think the thing is, is like, make sure that your community that you're around knows that you have a partner. Let them be a part of your community. Whether you're talking about them, whether they're like you were hanging out on the phone, just... As long as, you're, as long as your community knows that you're away from a partner that you really care about, yeah. they will be totally fine with you picking up the phone. They're not going to have issue yeah. when you walk off and you're th- away for 30 minutes. They're going to be like, oh, okay, did you have a great conversation? Awesome. I think that's more you. I think that's interesting because like, that's definitely from your perspective. Yeah. I would say. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a me thing. But uh, it's, it's an important thing on my end because I think too, like people are never going to feel, uh, uh, in my experience, people are never going to feel disrespected by you prioritizing a partner. It's they so only are ever like, it only makes them see you as cooler. <laughs> like in my it experience. Makes you, it makes you a little like off limits. So, like you're not always available. Yeah. There's and one people, person I'm exclusively available for. And that's like as a human being, not like in a, like romantic way but like that's sexy that's like attractive in a human being that you're that you're not always available yeah i think it makes the person like just you just respect them more yeah it does it's like why in for like in a professional setting Mm -hmm. instead of saying um if you're trying to set up like an interview with somebody you give them like a date and time even if your week is completely available you say, "Hey, could you meet for coffee, or could you could you do the interview uh, Wednesday at three o'clock?" 
they're like they're gonna respond back with like yes or no or could we try this whatever and that just is so much more attractive and enticing than like Mm -hmm. well i don't have anything going for me you just let me know when you're available i don't prioritize anything so just whenever you want walk all over me that's okay yeah and i think too that it's like they also see that you're in a in a good relationship you you are in a respectable relationship you're in a relationship that has meaning and value that you value over other things. And I think that that's just always going to be a good thing. I agree. Are you ready for the last two questions? Ooh, They're just for you. Super rapid fire questions. So if you listen to my solo, not most recent, but the one I did in December, um, I actually got similar questions. Um, so I answered them from my perspective. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Um, it would just be called solo and it's in December. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here are the questions, but it's for Adam. Okay. Was Adam intimate with anyone before getting married? Nope. No. I just, I, I honestly, I, I guess I would technically be demisexual. Like I'm yeah, very much like I need to be deeply invested in somebody, and with my personality type, just doesn't happen. Yeah, like, I'm gotta, just not interested in long-term relationships in that way. You, yeah, you gotta fuck Adam's brain before you fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. So does Adam ever wish he had a crazy season before marrying you? There are aspects of my personality that I'd be interested to see. I, I think the thing is for me, I just think I knew that I could get that I could be intellectually intimate and I could be friend. I could be deep. I could have deep friendships with other girls. Yeah. But the ability to close the deal. No. Okay. Felt, felt, felt like something that was slightly emasculating to me in my own, in my own mind. Like I thought I was the person that I could like get all the way there because I had never tried because I had no interest in trying. I was like, I don't actually even know if I can close the deal. Like, I don't even know if I can be the I person know what you're saying now. that somebody you. would take home. I know that I would be the person that they would talk to and have really good conversations with about their boyfriend who's being mean. Okay. I could be the person at the bar that is like the person that can scare away the the douchebag that's trying to hit on you way too aggressively. Yes. I had never had any sort of validation or verification that I could be the person that that person would actually want to go home with. And so in that way, it's just an experience that I don't you I don't know had that. I don't know my capability in that way. Okay, got it. And I I do know what you're talking about now as far as closing the deal because there's a part of you and it's this is about you as a whole not just with relationships but like you don't really up to this point I haven't really seen you go after something that hasn't been already kind of put in front of you like I've seen you chase a carrot that's dangling in front of you I have I've, I've seen you chase it hard and whatever but I haven't seen you like kind of um pull it from thin air like like come up with something and then just like Mm. go for it I guess like without it kind of like happening to you like like a like a job search like you don't search you don't type in things Mm. you see something on your Instagram story or like I send you something or whatever and it's like so I think in that the universe delivers things to me. I'm not yes. necessarily going. So I, I could like, I could see you like hooking up with, a, <laughs> this is morbid to me. <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? But I could see you like hooking up with other people. Like I, like I could see that 
that would be like easy for you to do, but I could see it just kind of being like a girl comes on to you and you're like vibing with it. Yeah. And that like happens. Right. I don't, yeah. So to, so going off of what you said, like you closing the deal, no, I haven't seen that. Right. And I haven't experienced that in other ways, even with you being like, and this is how it's going to be. And, or like, you're a, you're a, you are a responder. Yeah. Like that's who you are. I haven't like walked into a bar and been like, that's the girl I'm going to go home with tonight. Yes. Thank fuck. Because (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad I'm not trying to change you. Okay. Let's be very clear. (laughs) But I, yeah. Anyway. So yes. But I think you have the ability to like be with people, hook up with people, be sexual. I also think you have the ability to like, be attracted to other people and like their brains and all this different stuff. But you like closing the deal. I think you only need to do that with one person. You did it. So congratulations. I did it. Yeah, you did it. You don't need to do it any other time. (laughs) But the question was for you. Okay. The question was, does Adam ever wish you, he had a crazy season before marrying me. And the answer is the answer. The answer, (laughs) the short answer is yes. The long answer is the long answer is a lot more complicated than a yes. (laughs) Yeah, I it's like a I think my answer was similar. Where I it's don't, like a personality thing like I wish I could have seen what I would have done when the pressure wasn't on for me to marry anybody mm-hmm. I fucking kissed. Yeah. Totally. I I think the I think the easiest way to summarize my answer is yes. Because I wanted to know I wanted to have an experience of who I was. I mm-hmm. didn't want to have an experience of another person. Totally. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. Like learning and like being able to trust yourself in a different way. Yes. Yeah, mine's the same. Like that. Am, like, am I really that desperate that like every boy that walks by, I feel like I ha- I'm like in love with. Not every boy that walks by. That's not my story. But like every guy that I like start talking to, I'm like in love with. Mm-hmm. Like, am I really that girl, or was that just right. like me being taught that I have to marry the guy that I have a crush on? Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Like that would be interesting to know that about myself. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't. But do I wish as in, do I regret? No, no. Okay. Well, that was the last of our questions. That's it. Thank you guys. Oh my God. I need to take a nap. (laughs) Our conversations are, our conversations are so long and drawn out, but I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why we started doing this. Honestly, we just like talking to each other. Imagine that. Oh my God. A married couple that actually just sits around and just talks to each other. The only thing is like now we're on video and I like can't slouch like this, but <laughs> this feels amazing. You can totally slouch. Nobody's yeah, going to judge you. I totally could. I won't judge you at least. Oh my God. But like, can you imagine if I was like saying something amazing right now and you were like, had to make a reel out of me looking like this? <laughs> That's where I can't. I'm That's like, amazing. Yeah. I'd be like, so, um, yeah, <laughs> just this profound statement. Okay, guys, maybe I should sit up for this. <laughs> just in case um thank you guys for listening like share review mm-hmm. do it it actually helps us yeah the last reviews we had were whenever we were going by a different name so please for the love of us for the love of us leave a review and leave a really really nice one and if you're just listening to this just come watch it it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. Come hang out. Come the video portion is really interesting. It is. You get to see patchouli, and that's really all that matters. <laughs> True. Um, I, if you can't hear, she has a silent partner. Oh, there you go. She's, she's a silent partner in our podcast. 
We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Send this to your partner and tell him to straighten up and be more like Adam. <laughs> love you guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.